Welcome to the Unfamiliar Shift with me, Ariella, the Boutique Lifestyle Leaders Association's Hospitality Show. This is a podcast about the boutique hospitality community and how its top industry executives and leaders stay up to date on the best innovative trends in boutique hotels all around the world. Each season, I'll bring my favorite visionaries to candidly discuss new philosophies, ideas, and innovations in the hospitality industry, primarily the boutique community. I'm excited to share with you some of my intimate conversations with these extraordinary leaders as we navigate the unfamiliar shift of boutique hospitality. This podcast is brought to you by Solanus, the intuitive boutique hotel property management system. On today's episode of The Unfamiliar Shift with Ariella, you are in for a treat as Sarah Sklash, passionate motelier and co-founder of the June Motel, will be joining us. You may recognize Sarah as half of the iconic duo who starred in Motel Makeover, a Netflix series that followed their renovation of the June Sobel Beach. Through lighthearted and sincere episodes, Sarah and her co-founder, April Brown, painted a beautiful picture of how their brand came to be and why boutique concepts are here to stay. Before Sarah became a full-time motelier, she spent a decade working in public service with a focus on vital statistics and creating customer-centric processes. She finds her years of government experience to be especially useful in navigating all the government interactions required as an entrepreneur. When away from our desk, Sarah is a passionate traveler who believes that the moment you first open the doors to a new hotel room is the best feeling in the world. So on that note, let's learn more about our special guest, Sarah Slash. Hey guys, it's Ariella over at The Unfamiliar Shift, and I am so excited to be joined here with Sarah Slash, co-founder of The June Motel out in Canada. Sarah, I've known you in April for a few years now. Absolutely love you guys and watched your show, binge watched your show. It's just been so amazing. I'm so excited to have you here today. We were just talking about how hopefully we'll meet each other in person very soon. I think we became like Zoom friends, you know, (laughs) during the pandemic. Welcome to the show. And I want to start off with my favorite question to ask leaders. And that is your story. How did you end up entering the hospitality industry? And how did you come to build your career in this community? Great. So happy to be here today. So when I look back, I graduated from business school and there were two types of jobs I was interviewing for. Some were hospitality and some were government. And I was just sort of conflicted and ended up getting a government job offer and spent the next 10 years working for the provincial government. My specialty uh, in the end was death registration. So it couldn't be more different from what I do now. But I was at a point where I just, I, it wasn't really my passion. It was challenging work. It was one of those traditionally good, stable jobs where was paid well and had a pension and all of those things. But April and I, it was New Year's Day 2016. Uh, April Brown, who's the co-founder of The June and my best friend, we got together on that New Year's Day and we thought, this is going to be the year that we're just, we're going to do something different with our lives. 
So we decided that we we're going to try and start a business and it was just supposed to be a side hustle. So one of the ideas that we came up with that day was that we were going to run sort of a wine camp for adults. And it was going to be your getaway for a weekend to wine country. We were going to take over this motel that we knew of and we were going to renovate it. Not renovate it. We were going to, I guess, decorate it just for that weekend. We we're going to give it some fun touches, brand plants, bring in new bedding. And as we started to think about it, like, why would we do all of that work for just one weekend? Let's buy that motel and uh, let's give it a try. Let's become moteliers. So that was, that was the moment uh, that I decided to make a serious career change but still spent some time. We visited the property days after getting that idea, put the offer in. And so the property that we purchased was called the Sportsman Motel. And it was very popular at the time with fishermen. It was, to describe it best, the only piece of art in the rims was a sign that said, no gutting fish. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But because our budget on this was so limited, we had to run that property for just the season before we had enough money to go in and renovate it and come up with this brand that we had and see our vision through. So that was really our education in hospitality. Neither April or I had ever worked for a hotel before. So this is where we learned uh, and got asked where the best fishing spots were every day. But it was a wonderful experience. We definitely made some mistakes along the way, but it was so great to have that opportunity before we actually built our own brand. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's so, to if I hope everyone here, first of all, we'll get into it, has seen your show or pictures because what you're describing and then what I know your motel to be now is like so drastically oh, yeah. opposite. It's like has such high design. I have a question. The term motelier is that what you guys came up with? Because I had never heard it before than when April came to speak in 2019. I, I'm not sure if we're the first ones to use it, but we're not hoteliers. We don't have hotels. Uh, so we have motels. So moteliers. I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it. What are your thoughts about being in the hospitality industry so far? It's really, really wonderful. It's rewarding. It's challenging. It's we have a I have a lot of fun most of the time. Not always because there's mm -hmm. definitely the the hard times, but um travel has always been a passion of mine and finding a great place to stay. Uh, that's often that jumping off point for any destination that I'm traveling and discovering has always been so important to me. So to actually get to create that is wonderful and really I rarely look back and regret making that leap of a career change. Rarely. Yes. Rarely. rarely. <laughs> I've, so I have another question, though, from that. It's like, so you don't have a hospitality background. You know, what do you think are like disadvantages or advantages with that? Because I, I mean, I guess I have, I don't have a hospitality degree or anything. I don't own hotels, but you all know it's like, I, I work with so many and I'm engulfed in it. I have no formal education on hospitality and you know you haven't either so what have been your thoughts with that i 
think one of the benefits is that we were able to come in with really fresh eyes and Mm. decide that we were just going to do things our own way. One of the examples was check-in processes. They're never fun. So we really (laughs) were like, why isn't it fun? Why is there a way that we could do this a little bit better, faster in sort of the June way, the way that we would want to do it if we were checking in? And we often go into that lens of, as a guest, what would I be looking for? And so much of the June actually comes from just our personal desires as travelers. So that check-in process, we decided that the way you really make that a lot more fun is the very first thing is we do for our guests a glass of rosé. And automatically, that process becomes a bit more of an experience than the thing that you just have to do to be able to access your room. Absolutely. It is the fresh pair of eyes. And I think in hospitality, in a few other episodes, we've talked about this, where it's like you get tunnel vision. But then if you have these fresh pair of eyes, you can kind of, you know, be more open-minded, which I think is what we're starting to do as an industry. It's like we're looking, you know, what is fashion or coffee or like all these other, you know, verticals of business you know, how are they successful and how can we bring that into hospitality? Because it's been so one way. It's like, what does Marriott say? What does Hyatt say? What does Hilton say? And now I think there's like this, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's like this uprising of like, no, let's do things differently. Let's be unique in this like sense of being individualistic in the way that you build a hotel. So getting into that, let's get into the ethos. What is the ethos of the June Motel? So the Jern Motel is really all about being a throwback to the good old days and enjoying the simple pleasures. And we want this done in a really beautiful space. So that's the ethos. But the way that we really actually see that through and keep that in mind when we're creating new properties is we, April and I have this alter ego and her name is June. And so <laughs> we really think through the eyes of June. And June is this woman who's an amazing host. She's really fun. And she gets to have a beach house. And we start to think, you know, if June had a beach house and she was welcoming her friends to her beach house. And we go a step further and we like to think she has a beach house in California and it's the 1970s. So we really kind of go into that vision. Everything from the food to the design to really the feel of how we greet our guests when they arrive all comes from that stepping into the the shoes of June. I love that. I've like never heard something like that before. And I think that's a beautiful way to see a hotel experience as that. Oh my gosh, I hope everyone is taking that down. That should be like the new norm. I mean, that's just such a beautiful way to, you know, you have what, you know what that reminds me of? It's like, um, I was doing this, again, no formal education here, college dropout here. And I was doing HubSpot Marketing Academy. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's these free courses in marketing. And they're always like, you know, your persona when you're trying to yeah. market and grow your business. And that's what it reminds me of. And then everything is through that lens. And I've never heard of it being done through a hotel. So I, or a motel, I love that. We keep talking about April. Let's get to April. (laughs) How did you meet your business partner, April? What's some advice you have for listeners in terms of maintaining good partnerships? Because honestly, hearing that she's your best friend and now you're running this business together, 
like it's something that I personally have anxiety with. You know, it's like, how do you have the personal relationship and then the business relationship and balancing that? So what's that been like? Yeah, absolutely. And April, when we started telling friends and family that we're thinking about starting this business together, everyone was like, be careful about going into business with a friend. But April and I would both say it's one of the best decisions we've ever made. And (laughs) we also say, you know, on a good day, there's your best friend to like celebrate that win and have a glass of wine with. And on a really bad day, you still have your best friend there to, you know, Mm -hmm. complain and have a glass of wine about that bad day. So that really helps. So April and I met one another back in college and became friends then. And a few things we we would start, we traveled together and we'd take trips. And I think that was a really, always a really good test to see if you travel well together. I think one, any sort of relationship travel is always a test, but it did show we what we would bring together as business partners. Some of the things we do, I think, is we really understand what one another's strengths are and we mm. play to those strengths. So April ca- came from a professional marketing background and really has um, a great voice on social media, a vision for our, our marketing strategy. And so really that's that's her territory. And she, she'll come to me um, for feedback on everything, but I believe and trust her to make all of those decisions. And when it comes to the finance, she's really gives me that freedom to do the same. When it comes to the design of the properties, it's where we both love to do it. But to be honest, we also, we disagree on things. If you've seen the show, it comes out. And I think it's embracing that disagreement's going to happen with a business partner, whether it's your friend or whoever, mm-hmm. that's part of it. And being able to have those conversations about the disagreement and finding a way through to both being happy with what the decision is, is a really important thing to build with the partnership. Absolutely. No, I I agree with that because it's like, you know, I run this with my mom. I think she's like, as I get older, she's turning into a best friend. So she's kind of like not as much a mom role and more BFF, which is, you know, adulting, the uh, a good journey of adulting. And that's the thing that I've noticed too. I, I love that you use the word freedom. With business partners, it's exactly what you said. It's knowing each other's strengths and giving each other the freedom and full trust. And then yeah. the one thing I've learned, because I I used to do this, you know, I was super young when I was doing this, when I started doing this with my mom and it was like, we, I would blame her. I'd be like, oh, well, I trusted you with this. And now you blame it. No, no, no. Equal parts here. You know what I mean? Like we're always a team. If something didn't work out, we're not going to blame one you know, and then, but then finding that middle ground. And I guess that's where the arguments come in is like the middle ground where you both collaborate on things, but maybe it's creating a safe space to communicate with each other. Yeah. So communication. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is such a key part. We say the way that April and I really end up when there's disagreement is Mm. one person will care about that decision more. So we'll keep going Ah. back and forth with one another. And mm-hmm. in the end, if there's one person who really cares about it, I think we have so much trust in one another and that willingness as well to accept whatever the outcome is. But there's been give and take on when when we are the ones who care more about that decision. 
We're going to hold on that note for just a moment as we introduce our sponsor, Solanus. They are an intuitive property management system powered by a business intelligence engine, offering the hospitality industry a single robust solution for managing hotels, resorts, vacation rentals, and corporate housing. Its ease of use, streamlined onboarding, and 24-7 support make it the preferred PMS solution. Headquartered in San Diego, Solanus is the vision of hospitality experts and technologists who believe it is time for a new era in property management. Ready to discover how they can work with you to elevate your property? Visit Solanus.com to get started. I want to get to business models. So we kind of touched on this earlier, but you are in the side of hospitality on the motel side. What drew you to, you know, have a motel instead of a hotel? What has that been like? Maybe you can also start talking about, you know, how you think about expanding the June motel. Like, you know, if you, you know, with your vision board, what does that look like now? To be honest, it was motels were the only thing we could afford when we got Mm. started. It Mm -hmm. was the same price. uh, So our first one is in Prince Edward County, which when we purchased was an up and coming wine region out two hours east of Toronto. We definitely made a good bet there because it is absolutely booming and very popular now. But a motel was, if there had been a resort on the beach that we could have afforded, that's probably what we would have gone for. But the motel was about the same price as the homes that our friends were buying. So Wow, um, really? Oh yeah, it was a, it was a great huh. deal. <laughs> I love and, that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that said, when we had found that property, we really had the vision to be able to see the potential in it and see far beyond what it was. Like we said, it was uh, fishermen and we were going to redesign it, reimagine it for uh, our target market of millennial women. We had seen motel renovations done elsewhere in the U.S., but no one had really done it in Canada when we started. So. We knew it could be done. It helped us to see the potential that others had kind of taken that leap before us. And once we actually had the motel, we've fully embraced being a motel and love that we're moteliers. It's really, I think with a motel, there's just an automatic lack of pretension. We're very Mm. casual. It's a laid back feel. And really during COVID, motels were wonderful. There's no interior corridors, no elevators, lots of open spaces Mm. to hang out. So really motels have worked well for us. We always debate now, will we stick with motels? We may not, but it's still finding a lodge or an inn. One of those smaller properties that have so much character is really what we're looking for. I, I get that. You know, it's funny you say that because I I dream of <laughs> being a hotel owner too. Not a lot of people know that, but I think that's kind of like post, not post, but like, I don't think I'll ever get rid of BLLA. <laughs> um, it's like, it, that's my freedom and creative outlet. But I was like, oh, I'm going to be a hotel owner. And you know what, Sarah? I'm When I see myself, I want like, I want to start off with like an inn or a yep. motel because it's like, you know, it's like you said, there aren't these elevators. It's 
it's a little bit, you know, there's not as much going on. I think it's a great starter to kind of enter this industry. Um, I love that. Well, speaking of ownership, what have been some obstacles with owning a property? Any lessons learned that you can share with our listeners? Because we do have a lot of owners listening and those thinking about going down that path listening. We've definitely, back to the not having hospitality experience, we've learned so many lessons and we say the only way we seem to be able to learn lessons is really learning them the hard way. Mm. Uh, But more recently, I think one of the challenges that we've been working through is we're still a small business, but we want to grow. We have two properties. How do we make sure that the existing properties are wonderful, that the service is exceptional, but that April and I as well are focused on continuing to grow the business? So what does our team need to look like? What are the roles that need to be in place? While also still being a small business, so not having too many staff to justify with two, it's 40 rooms total and they're seasonal right now. So Really, we we are good at asking questions, reaching out to our network. One of the people that we chatted a lot with was uh, Carolyn Schneider said a group about <gasps> Carolyn. She's going to be on this show too. Where I think it's like next week. <laughs> Amazing. Asking, you know, it's a similar sized business in some ways. So finding out what does their org structure look like. So one of the things we took away from that was uh, hiring a regional general manager. So making sure that our general managers are super well supported in the day-to-day operations. We're often hiring also people who are new to hotels and motels. They're smaller properties, but they're great, great leaders coming from other industries. But having that person that brings that hospitality expertise has been a really wonderful thing to free up April and I to focus on finding that next property while making sure that the two are really running very smoothly. I love that. It's hospitality is such a small world. And I think as you expand, you're just going to keep seeing that more and more. We're really, especially the boutique side, we're such like a small family. It's really cute, honestly. And you know, you made me think of something, which is, you know, we're we're a small business too. And I kind of like, like it. <laughs> I like, I enjoy being a small business owner because it is that for me, it's like, it's freedom of creativity. You know what I was talking about before. And I think that's so beautiful. Also, you know, this is something else and we don't have too much time here, but how we gauge success, I think has, is different. Now, it's not like, oh my God, you have 20 properties and you make this much money. Now you're going IPO. It's so relative to each person. You know, for me, where BLA is going, I love the small family aspect of it. I think that's beautiful and it's very intimate. And something I just want to add here success is relative to you. What is success to you, not what someone's telling you? I think is so important for, you know, with hotel ownership, you can get burnout because people are forcing you to expand and you have to do this. No, you do what's best for you and your small business. That's where we need to be headed in hospitality. I want to get to another question, which kind of goes into this small business side of it, side hustle. I first heard this term at a girl boss conference years ago. I used to love going to those. I think I outgrew them a bit, but when I when I was like, you know, 19 and 20, I was like, this is amazing. 
And I first heard this term side hustle, but I think it's something revolutionary in career paths. So you had jumped, you know, from one career into another career. What was that process like and any lessons learned during that transition? So we had about these six months of continuing to operate as the Sportsman Motel. And during that time, it was my side hustle. So Mm. I would work in Toronto nine to five in my government job. And then I would come home every night and I would work for another maybe two, three, four hours on our business. So back then I was doing the bookkeeping or responding to guest emails. And then every weekend I would drive out to Prince Edward County and I would be checking guests in and out and running the business. But when it came to the time of getting into the renovations, it one, I could tell I loved what I was doing for the June. And I really started to just lose my engagement in my my day job and also realized that the time commitment that was needed to do what we were about to do, it was, I had to be all in. So all in that I actually lived at the motel, I think, for most of that. <laughs> Literally year, all in. <laughs> probably. I love it. We were, all, we were all in. And like I said, I, it's only on the worst, worst possible days. So maybe two days in the past couple of years where I've ever regretted that decision. Yeah. So I think my, my, business, my background was in business. And so everyone kept saying, oh, it's so brave to quit your government job and go take on this adventure of starting your own business and hospitality. But that business uh, analysis background really helped me to understand the risk that was involved in the decision. So one of my pieces of advice would be that business case that you're going to have to do if you're looking for investors or if you're looking for a bank to lend money, business case isn't just for them. It's really for you to understand what are the risks that are involved? What do the financials look like on it? And so really taking the time to really flush out that business case. And then the other thing was both times we've purchased existing operating businesses. And so I I think we had an understanding of what their baseline was. That wasn't the business that we wanted to be in. But it really did help us understand as well, you know, if everything, nothing worked out according to plan, what's our worst case scenario? Could we sell the Mm. properties? Could we continue to operate as is forever? And so that just gave me the confidence that I could make this leap. And then it wasn't all that scary. That's so true to, to look at it. You really need to have, it's okay to have a backup plan. And something you said before that really resonated with me It's like you said, there are two days, right, where you were like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? That is so okay. I think that's so shamed upon, like, oh, you can't have a bad day. Entrepreneurship is probably one of the hardest paths you can go down in life. You're talking about all in. We all know when you started entrepreneurship, like, your entire savings, everything, all your connections, like, all that you are is now put into this business because it's something like you said, you really, you realize like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I love, but it is okay to have bad days. So I'm almost done with my yoga teacher training. So I feel like I start adding in these like mental, 
<laughs> mental health segments into the podcast. But it's just so important. And yeah, no, thank you for that. We are so running out of time, but there's no way <laughs> I'm letting you go without talking about the Netflix show. So talk to us about how did that deal come about? What was that like? And how has that propelled your business? Motel so what? One of our first guests at the original June was a friend of a friend who stayed with us. Her name's Jessica Namias, and she's a television producer. So she enjoyed her stay at the June and went on her merry way. And a few years later was staying at another renovated motel. And that night she couldn't sleep uh, because she had this idea of how do I tell the story of a renovated motel? It would make such a great television show. So <laughs> we reconnected and it happened to be at the same time that we were looking at purchasing the motel in Salvo Beach. So anyway, worked with her, created what you call a sizzle and pitched it to a bunch of different networks. And thankfully, Netflix I was very interested in sharing our story of renovating a motel. So yeah, looking back on it, it's been started in 2020 on filming the television show. And so I have only fond memories now. Enough time has passed. It was incredibly <laughs> challenging. Uh, there, it was definitely really fun. But doing like the, the project itself is one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. And then at the same time, you layer on having cameras and having to just be really open and sort of forget they're there, be willing to bear it all. And speaking of bad days, you'll definitely see us having celebrations of wins, but also I think I'd cry three times in the show because I was just so tired and it was so hard. And of course, COVID happened right at the same time. It was definitely challenging, but we have this wonderful way to look back on those memories and watch the show again. Oh my gosh. If you guys haven't seen it, it's, I kept, whenever I would go on Netflix, it was like right there. I love oh, seeing you guys. I saw you in April's face like all the time. It was so cool. But Motel Makeover on Netflix, it is still streaming. Before we go, you know, BLA fashion, we got to ask this question. Sarah, what does boutique mean to you? Boutique means that we can authentically be ourselves. And like we said, going into that June ethos of just being who we are, embracing our unique way of doing things and just being able to do that unapologetically. Oh, I love that. I love that word, unapologetic. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite words to describe boutique. So you are right on it, Sarah. Thank you so much. Hopefully I'll see you for the investment conference in June or the owner's conference or the female empowerment. <laughs> Maybe you'll come to all three. But thank you for being such an amazing supporter of the association. I look forward to giving you an in-person hug. Enjoy Bermuda. I'm quite jealous. Sarah's residence is now in Bermuda, so <laughs> we can all live vicariously through your tropical adventures over there. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solanus, the intuitive boutique hotel property management system. Thanks for listening to The Unfamiliar Shift with Ariella. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Let us know what you think. To learn more about the world of boutique hospitality, be sure to check out our website, ella.org.